Welcome to the Hobby Jogger Podcast, where elite athletes and ham and eggers lace up their stories. We explore the common ground that running creates from the world-class runner to the hobbyist hitting the pavement, trail, or treadmill. Expect a blend of inspiration, laughter, and the shared joy that makes every step count. Join us on this journey where every run is a story worth sharing. Next up on episode five, we have Andrew Glaze. He is one of my personal favorites to follow on Instagram, where you can find him at AM Glaze. You can also find him at TikTok, where he occasionally gets trolled by trolls on Glaze Runs. He goes with the moniker, smile or you're doing it wrong, which I have thought to myself a few times late in races and has benefited me quite a bit. So really happy to have Andrew on the show. Andrew, welcome to the Hobby Jogger. Thanks for having me. So first question, or I guess statement, you have ran 200 straight weeks of 100 miles, and you just finished up a 200-mile week, correct? Yeah, yeah. To celebrate my 200th week in a row, I, I ran 207 miles. That That's it's, it's a lot, a uh, lot of miles. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fair amount. Yeah, I, I I have been following the streak since I met you. And I'll tell that story real quick. I was in Chamonix, France to to watch the UTMB, which Andrew participated in to see uh my buddy's brother run. And guys just walking down the street in Chamonix to the start line in jorts, which awesome. Guy who wears jorts, that's my spirit animal right there. So just go up and say, Hey man, need a picture with you, need a picture with you, got a picture with him, me and my buddy, and uh started talking to him, started following him on Strava and Instagram, and here's this guy's got this run streak that goes forever. How did you start that? I think it started like right when kind of COVID started and they like canceled all the races. And so I sort of just needed something to challenge myself and do something difficult. And so that's kind of like the origin. And then, you know, there's a lot of virtual races and stuff going on during COVID. So it just kind of, made sense because I was doing all these virtual races and so my mileage was like pretty high and it just kind of stuck and now here I am like almost coming up on four years and it's still going on so I didn't think it would go this long now was it something kind of like with the Undertaker Wrestlemania streak where they just kind of realized that like 10 years in that he hadn't lost a Wrestlemania match and that's how it became a thing or was it like Oh, I did two. Let me get three. Let me get four. Was it was it more organic? I've been a high mileage runner for a while. And I think in 2018 or 19, I think 2018, I did 28 weeks of 100 mile weeks in a row. I, I mean, I really love to run. So, it, it, and I like the number, I like the 100 mile because it's like, it's pretty challenging to run 100 miles in a week. It started sort of organically because I was just trying to get my mileage up and then there's no races. So, when you don't have any races, you can just like really run as much as you want because you never have to taper for a race and you never have to like recover after a race. All you have to do is run. So, I mean, it was really easy during COVID because I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't running any hundreds. There wasn't anything to do except just run. Now it's a lot more challenging because I'm incorporating a bunch of races and in, into my schedule. And then how do you get a hundred mile week when you got to run a, like a race and if it's a really hard race, like how do you run a hundred miles after recovering from like a 200 mile race or, you know, a hundred mile race or something like that, that, that becomes challenging, but yeah, it's, it's been pretty organic. Now it's just like sort of a lifestyle thing. It's, I don't even really, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not really the same as it was in the beginning, but it's still very hard. So a hundred, 200 is the next challenge. 300. Uh, you mean like 300 when I, when I hit 300 weeks? Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe. I mean, it's two years from now. So, I mean, I hope it's not so good in two years. Hopefully, the, <laughs> this requel that I, but you know, is it possible? Yeah. I ran 357 miles or 356 this year is my highest week. I know I can do 300 miles in a week if I really wanted to. And I, I, I did look, I, I couldn't find anyone who has a better time course record for you in the, Coco Canyon's challenge. 
Right, right. Well, since I designed it and I'm the only one that's ever done it, yeah, I have the course record. And then fortunately this year, it doesn't line up the same way as it did last year. So it, it won't work out. Yeah, that was that was a pretty big week. For those that are listening that are more in tune with the road running world, Andrew ran, and, and correct me on, on the order of this, the Cocodona 250 first. Uh, so I ran a 100 miler in Sacramento called Canyons by UTMB. And then as soon as it was finished, I got on a plane, flew to Arizona, and then ran Cocodona 250 miler the next day. I had like a day off in between, but I had to get ready for the race. And I did both of them solo and unsupported. So there was a lot of uh, planning and drop bags and things I had to accomplish. I think I ran like six days in between and not one day off. It was a week and it ended up being like 356 miles. Although I think Cocodona, my Garmin said like 260 miles. So I'm not, you know, it might be more like 366. We'll give you 366. We'll give you. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of miles. And I think 57,000 feet of vert in a week was not flat. No, it's, it's definitely, I know the canyons for sure is not, not flat. And that was an super hot year for yeah, me, it was correct? A that was freak like, heat storm and i think it was like 98 degrees or something like that it was like 60 percent didn't finish because it was just like this crazy heat heat spell it was great for me because togadota is traditionally very hot especially in the beginning so i, I went into it feeling pretty good because it it was hot but it wasn't as hot as canyons and so i was like heat acclimated yeah it worked out well for me and and i'm you know i'm from southern california so heat although i'm not like a huge fan i know how to do it because it was a utmb race a lot of people were coming in from like international areas like i I ran into a bunch of people that were like from france and italy and stuff like that and so you know they show up to a california race and it's 100 degrees they uh they had a hard time i'm entered into the black canyon 60k i was on the wait list with 100k didn't get in but i I did take something from you with i I haven't done the cold plunge yet just not there. It's eight degrees right. here. So, you know, forgive me for that. But the sauna, I've started using the sauna at the gym. Ours gets cranked up pretty good, 180 degrees. Do you think that helps you acclimate to these hotter races that you do? Yeah, I do. I mean, I definitely, I did a lot of sauna work before Canyons and Cocodona. I thought Canyons was going to be cold. I don't know if you've heard the story, but I was basically like checking the weather for Auburn and it kept saying it was going to rain and it was going to be cold. And so I was like preparing for this like cold, wet race. And uh, I had been checking Auburn, Alabama's weather, which, I, you know, I live in California and I typed in Auburn and I don't know why Google thought, yeah, that I wanted Auburn, Georgia or, you know, something. I mean, it was just the craziest or Alabama. So the last minute I was talking to my buddy who was also doing the race and he's like, man, it's going to be hot. And I was like, what are you talking about? And yeah, then I figured out that I'd been checking the the wrong weather report the whole time. So yeah, I think, I think sauna work does, it does help out. Not only does it teach your body how to like respond to like heat, it makes you sweat more uh, efficiently. And like, um, you won't panic quite as much. Like when it gets really, really hot, you'll, you'll, you'll know what it feels like and you know what your body can handle. And I mean, I just love sauna. It makes you feel so good. (laughs) Makes you sleep. Well, I just got out of the sauna and my, I got my sauna glow going on. And there is something to be said that I feel like incredible when I get out of the sauna. You're almost yeah. euphoric yeah. feeling once you hop out of that thing. Like it is, I don't know if it'll help me just mentally. I don't know if it helps physically. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of eager to see what it does for me. In the well, especially, I mean, if you're not used to like dry, hot heat, it definitely gives you dry, hot heat. A lot of people don't have access to that so yeah it's definitely a good thing well if you had to pick one sauna or ice bath which one would you pick i mean (laughs) i would pick sauna because it's easier but like as far as benefits go i like i like the cold water you get like a pretty amazing dopamine rush coming out of that and that's pretty hard to beat but i hate doing it every day so Every day, it's like a negotiation in my head. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then I start thinking of like, well, you don't have to do it. You can, and I start rationalizing. And then I'm like, no, you have to do it. You have to. 
Hey, folks, if you're loving the stories, tips, and laughs we're dishing out, make sure you don't miss an episode. Hit that subscribe button so you're the first to know when a new episode drops. And hey, if you've got a second, why not leave us a review? Your feedback helps us improve and keeps this running community growing. Lace up, hit subscribe, and let's get back into the show. And what's your record? Like 10 minutes, something crazy like that, 15? So I used to do like seven minutes a day before I got the sauna. And then there's been like some like studies and, and whatnot on like sauna and cold plunge together. So now I do like a, a protocol where I do sauna, cold plunge, sauna, cold plunge, sauna, cold plunge. And I, I do two to three minutes in the cold plunge, but I do multiple rounds. So I end up still getting like around seven minutes, but it's not all together. And then it's mixed with the sauna work, which I wasn't doing previous because I didn't have a sauna. It gets pretty intense when you stay in there too long, but it also gets really intense when you go from the hot to the cold. Your veins are like constricting and then they're dilating and then constricting and dilating. So it's like a whole different stress on the body. Last week or, or week or two, I was in the sauna with a guy. He had a so, some Eastern European accent. He sounded very intelligent on the subject. And he was telling me, oh, you got to get in the cold shower after when we get out here. You got to get in the cold shower. I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of rookie. You know, maybe next time I'll try that. I, I can't, I don't think I can put it in there yet, but it's on my list of things to do. It is. It's one of those things that's like really terrible when you're in it. Cause your body goes into shock Our human nature is like, if your body's going in shock, it's to like get out of that situation. But you have to like mentally work through that which teaches a lot of mental strength and whatnot. But like it also, when you get out of a shocky situation, your body just rushes with dopamine, which is like the happy molecule. And you just, you feel like giddy and euphoric afterwards. And it's just like this very bizarre, like sensation. It's almost like getting high in a weird way, you know, cause your body's getting rushed with all this dopamine. That's a good point. And that's one of the reasons mostly that I try and get out and run every single day is the feeling of after the run. There's been days where I've had to drag myself to the trailhead. Now, I don't want to do this. It's like, but I know I'm going to feel really good when I'm done. And that's for me, that's the biggest part of running and, and doing all this is just the feeling you get after, you know, 10, 12 mile run. One, the sense of accomplishment that you did something you didn't just sit around just that feeling, like you said, of like kind of the dopamine hit. It, it is. It's a good one, and, and it's natural. So that's for me why I run. Seems like you might be in that same boat. You 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 like the natural, you know, natural high kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like it always sucks in the beginning. Like even me, I'm like still like the first mile is always hard. It's definitely you know I know that I'm going to feel great afterwards, even if it's like a shitty run where you feel shitty the whole run still afterwards, you're going to feel good. It's, it's like one of those things where uh, good or bad it, afterwards is going to be good. The, the first mile is always the hardest. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate the first mile. I hate it. And I'm always sore, you know, because I run so much that like my first mile, it'd probably be beneficial if I just walked it because I'm like literally just so sore all the time. But then once my body warms up, it's like, okay, we can do this again. Having a good time and out there for as long as you need to be and always be smiling right you got to think like how many people can't run how many people are injured how many people are you know have diseases or like just in bad spots in their life and like if we can go out and run we should be pretty appreciative of that because it's it's we're pretty lucky the world is a unfair and terrible place at times and if we can be enjoying some miles like no matter how terrible they are or how bad we feel we're very lucky to be able to do it absolutely it is it is a, certainly a blessing to to be healthy enough able enough just like you said just have the ability whether it's even financially where you can you know get an hour into run every day that's so much that you know i i think there's a lot of people that truly don't understand how blessed you are when you can do something like that every day and, and we are very fortunate for that yes mm -hmm. and that's pretty inspiring which kind of leads me to my next point congratulations on the uh ultra sign up award. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I had some stiff competition, so it was cool to walk away with the win. 
I'm a little disappointed you didn't win best dressed with the jorts, and the, the uh, assorted shorts, but you know, most inspiring is, is a heck of an achievement. I would have gone for best. I think there was best trail weirdo too. I mean, I would have taken that as well, but you know, I, I guess most inspirational is pretty, pretty amazing. That's awesome. You're not an influencer, but like you influence me, like with, especially with the stuff you just said, you know, to be fortunate, to be grateful, to, to smile. That's the biggest thing. I was uh, in a super dark spot at the grindstone hundred K and I was like, man, Andrew Glaze would be smiling right now and just knocking down these miles. So like, do you feel any pressure, you know, kind of like, I, I don't want to say like following, it is a following. Like, does that add any kind of pressure to you? You know, I, I don't feel any pressure because I just, my presence on social media is just me. There's no like persona or like, I'm not selling anything. So it's just, you know, so I have good days, I have bad days, and I just kind of tell the world about the good and the bad and what's going on in my life. And if you follow me, you're just kind of like, you're just following my life. Like, I'm not offering any advice. I'm not coaching. I'm not telling you how to stretch or what shoes to buy or what goo I eat. I literally just, it's just me. And so there's no pressure because it's just me recording my day-to-day life. And if you find that interesting and engaging and inspirational then like cool and if you think it's cringy and weird then then don't follow and it's that's cool too so there's no real pressure to do anything other than just be myself which is pretty easy to do because i'm myself every day yeah yeah and i'm 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 glad you're not because that's you know i i've talked to some people who have gotten some followings it's like oh i feel like i have to do this but you don't you just go out and you, you just do your thing and Knock down the miles, the dinner miles. I'm a part of your uh, yeah, yeah, your Strava group there, the dinner miles. And I, I, I do get invested. It's kind of like the Truman Show. Like, and it's crazy. Like, you, you got sick a week, and me and my buddy Will and uh, Jeremy, we have a group. We we're texting each other, and I'm like, "Oh, dude, do you see? Like, he's like, he's not feeling good, and he's got to get to 100. What do you think, man? Like, I, what's good?" how does this end? Like, you know, it's, so it's like, it is the true. Right, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Which I mean is in the sincerest as a compliment. Like it's not a, you know, it, it, it but I did, I got myself invested in your hundred mile run streak just by you being a genuine good person down to earth, just smiling, you know, out there doing it. So I, you know, thank you for providing me with entertainment, I guess. I mean, it is a little entertaining. I'm sure like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, someday it'll end and my life will go on and it'll, I'll still be making content about something, you know, I'm still going to be running and I did crazy things like this back when I had 700 followers and I'll do crazy stuff like this when I have a million followers. It's just is what it is. And if the followers go away, if social media goes away, then I'm pretty sure I'm still going to be out here doing things like this because it's what I enjoy and we just have the technology now where it's like a lot easier to document. Yeah. I mean, I tried to make stuff back in the day. I've always loved photography and like shooting videos and stuff. So I used to love Instagram because it was all about taking pictures and I would like spend a lot of time, like taking a really good running picture, you know, and then like have a caption and all that. But the video aspect of it has been really fun too, because I used to write race reports and like detail all the stuff. And now I can, do my race reports and video. And I think in 20 years when I look back and I can watch my races, it'll be pretty cool to like watch my old videos when I maybe can't run anymore. And I can remember those races and whatnot. And I mean, if I read, read one of my old race reports, sure. I'll remember things and like, Oh, that sounds crazy. But it, it, you know, seeing it in video is, is, is different. So. Do you feel motivated? just by your, your presence online and people that follow you when you have those hard days, you wake up in the morning, you don't want to go out. Yeah. I mean, I get inspired by a lot of my followers and I get motivated by, you know, their messages. Like a lot of people send me very like heartfelt messages about how I helped them or, you know, how they ran their first race because of me. That's a huge amount of positivity in the world. And I, I really enjoy that. If I'm trying to sell anything in life, it's just that like, running and exercise and movement is good. And I'm just trying to like push that out into the world. And when it gets pushed back to me that it worked, it's extremely motivating. 
the idea of the butterfly effect that, you know, a butterfly flaps its wings and there's a, something happens in China or something. Um, maybe I motivate someone and then they go motivate somebody and then that person motivates somebody and that fourth person has never even heard of me, but they're somehow motivated through a chain of, you know, events that started with me. I, I find like really awesome. The world is, is not such a great place a lot of times. And if I can push a little positivity into it before I leave it, then I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing something worthwhile. That makes sense. It, it does. It does. It's almost like a, a virtual run club or running yeah. buddy, you know, because when you know there's somebody there that you're going to run with and, you know, they're depending on you to show up and help motivate them and you motivate each other to you know, finish those last couple miles. Yeah, I think a lot of the, a lot of the people that inspire us today virtually online, that's kind of what they represent, sure. right? Yeah. And, you know, there's people that, I mean, I like watching videos online too. And there's people that I watch that are like motivational and that's cool to see them out there grinding every day and doing hard things. And it's a big circle. You know, we all motivate each other just because I have more followers than somebody else doesn't make me like the best. Just, I just happen to have more followers, but you know, there's a lot of people out there doing really cool stuff right now. There is. I, I think the, the running content has definitely vastly changed over the last couple of years, especially since I've started getting involved in, in the ultra running and it's, it's just a, a completely different, I'd say seismic shift from, from two years ago to today with the ultra running content. I know one video of yours that it was from the UTMB this past year, you're at mile 80 and I, I know how hard the race is. And I'm like, this guy's gotta be dead. Like he's got it, but you still look the same at mile 80. At, I, mean, I know you didn't feel the same, right? How do you keep that like game face? Cause I can't like, I, I have pictures of me from grindstone. I'm dead. Like you can see I'm done. I have nothing left in, in my soul and it is over for me. Lights are going out, but here you are just, you know, how do you, how do you keep the face like that? I mean, you're seeing me at like an aid station and, I think aid stations for me are always tend to be like a higher point than like a lower point. Like when I come into an aid station, you know, that's my opportunity to like refresh my calories and get, you know, at, at UTMB, I get to see my wife, which is always going to be like a positive. And then like, if it's like a, a different race where it's just an aid station, like I just, you got all those people there and they're all volunteering their time and, you know, it's probably cold and dark. You know, I mean, you come in, it's like, I want to like thank them and smile and like, uh, you know, show them that I'm appreciative of their hard work too. Like, yeah, I'm out grinding in the dark, but you know, they're out keeping us all alive with food and water. So there might be low points in the middle of the race where no one's around that, you know, maybe I'm not so cheerful, but you know, when I'm around people, that's like, that's, that's my opportunity to, to like spread that positivity and touch more people and inspire more people. Even if I'm feeling terrible inside, like I still try to mentally be happy and positive in those those times. Did you get into UTMB? Yeah, well, this year, 2024. I I I had two years of automatic entry, so last year and this year, so I didn't even have to enter the lottery. Oh, okay. I did. I did not get in. Really? They already had the. They already had the drawing. Yeah, today. Yeah. Yep. Didn't even get waitlisted. Bummer. Really? Next year. That's, you know, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do want to go back because it is, you know, I, I get it. It's like a, now a controversial thing in the, in our trail running here, but it's such a cool event. The people that put it on are great. All the people that volunteer for that race. I want to go do it just because of the event that it is. It's kind of, I tell people, I want to go see the Daytona 500. I don't know a single NASCAR driver. I don't know a car. I don't know a sponsor, but it's such a cool thing. I kind of just want to go to it. And that's kind of what I like in UTMB. It's more of a, it's such a spectacle, you know, to me. And it was just, you know, we talked about inspiring, but just seeing, you know, being at like Trient aid station and seeing the misery of these people coming through and, you know, men and women just still, Hey, you know, pick it up, get, get out of the aid station and go. And it's, it really is a cool event. And yeah, I wish I would have got in, did not, but. Well, I, I didn't know. I, I, this is my fifth year and I haven't gotten in every year too. So 
just just you know like uh I've, I've been rejected a few times as well yeah there is a, a controversy and i mean i understand it like i definitely was like on the side of the small race when it went down and the whole idea of corporations ruining ultra running is definitely a hot topic i guess in my my humble opinion is just like you're going to have big corporations and then you're going to have small races and to think that some corporation is going to destroy ultra running is then you must believe ultra running is pretty fragile you know the rock and roll marathon series didn't destroy marathons and you know big corporate races like like revel and that didn't destroy marathons and there's still local marathons all over the place and despite there being a big corporate entity that's buying up a couple races here or there there's still tons and tons of local grassroots ultras that you can do and that are not for sale so i don't think you have to be too concerned plus i mean ultra running is growing and it's getting harder and harder to get into races by having these big corporate races, at least it gives more people the opportunity to to run. Whereas like the little grassroots races are like great, but like they only let 200 people in and there's a lottery and a wait list and all this stuff. So there's some definite gatekeeping when it comes to the small races. It's hard to get into them. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. A lot of small races, Western States, prime example, that's the hardest race to get into in the world. Hard Rock's harder to get into, and probably Barkley is harder to get in. Well, yeah, Barkley, for sure, Barkley. Yeah, you got to let's send a postcard, and yeah. Yeah, have you Barkley tried to, and Hard Rock are pretty hard to get into. I'm sure people have asked this many times. Have you tried to get into Barkley? No, not yet. Um, I don't know if I will. I'm not a real good hiker. Your compass skills aren't that good? No, no, my compass skills are good. So in the in fire service, I have like a lot of certs that deal with compass orienteering um because we have to like have that for certain like wildland certs and i and i feel pretty pretty confident in my orienteering i mean i obviously refresh before i went but for me it's more just like i'm not a good hiker like a fast hiker i can hike forever i'm not a fast walker some people are like really good at like moving while they hike and walk and like that's that's not my skill set I can jog slowly forever, but if you if you ask me to walk, it's 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 going to be slow. And I and I think you need to be able to hike fairly quickly in order to complete Barkley, or even a couple loops. I appreciate what that race is and the, the lore behind it, but it just you know like for me, it's just not. I don't know. It's, it seems more of like a game. I'll be wandering around the woods trying to find a book and. And, and I, I totally respect everything that it is. Like, it's not, you know, I don't want anyone to think I'm downplaying its significance and, you know, very cool. I, I tune into it. So it's, it must have, sure. you know, yeah. some special meaning to it. So, you know, I, I do give it. Well, it's kind of its own thing. Yeah. Right. It's own category. Yeah. yeah. Can't really compare it to anything else. It's a game. It's an ultra running game kind of, kind of thing, I think. It's, it's, it's definitely entertaining to, to watch, but. Yeah, I don't think it's my thing, but you know, you never know, right? I'd ra- I'd much, much rather get into hard rock. If there's one race that somebody said, Andy, I'll get you into whatever race you want, it would be hard rock. Someday, hopefully that will happen. What is the lottery system? I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that lottery system. I, I Again, I, it's a race that I watch. I enjoy it. I, I don't know what it is. It's super, it's, it's small. It's, I don't know if it's like a hundred people and it's like they take 50 that have run it before and 50 that haven't. And then it's, it's, it's a very small race. What you can do for hard rock, which I might do this year or next is you can do this thing called soft rock, where you basically go out and run it yourself. And you set it up in a sense, like it's three days, two nights. And so you, you do like 30 miles and you go from like city to city and you get like an Airbnb. And then you do wake up and you do 30 miles and you, you know, city to city and you go to bed and Airbnb and then you do 40 miles or whatever and finish it. I know a lot of people have done that. I might end up just having to do that just so I could have the experience without, you know, all the aid stations and everything. But I think that would be pretty, pretty, because I actually considered 
today, well, I have before, is doing that at UTMB, going out from refuge to refuge and instinct that way. A lot of people do that. You know, and when you're running the race, you see a lot of people doing it. Because you don't get to see, again, this is for our, our road running audience that we we've used has a lot of. The race starts at six o'clock at night and you run through the night, the first night, and I guess second night too, if you still need to, but you don't see a lot of the course from what like lay not like who uh, that the first city to like Cormier about right you don't see much of that at, yeah it gets dark pretty quick um, St. Gervais to I don't I can't yeah I've done it five, four times and I, I can't even get the cities correct but um yeah you start the sun rises like when you're like in the valley and you're starting to descend down into Italy and then the sun sets normally like when you get into Switzerland I mean, depending on how fast you do it, but something like that. So, yeah, the, the end of the race, you don't really see much. And then the beginning of the race, you don't see anything. But, like, you see the middle. Yeah, it, it would be a cool thing to see the whole course during the day. Yeah, all the cool sights that that you missed. Um, when we were talking about Barkley, you mentioned that you're fire and rescue. Yes, yeah. Well, I'm a fire captain, yeah. Oh, fire captain. I, I played rugby with a, a couple fire guys here in Akron. Great guys. Always have a good time with them. Have, have you got anyone into into the Laverne Fire Department size? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Do you have a running club there yet? Is it? Have you formed one? Do the guys go out with you and run? Because I I see you got a couple guys that look interested. Yeah, no, I have like a fake one that I. Ever since I've been there, I call it the Laverne Fire Running Club, but it's just me running and like, like laps around the fire station. And yeah, I mean. Most people in my department have joined it at least one day out of the year and have, have run with me. There's a couple that, you know, will come back and they run every time I they're, they're work with me. But uh, it's more or less just like a like inside joke that it's like the Laverne Fire Running Club. But it's, you know, just whoever wants to run with me. See, there, there you are, are again with the infectious smile, just <laughs> infecting everyone with the running bug. I, I appreciate that. So does your schedule at the firehouse help your running or does it hurt your running? Because there's a lot of flexibility. Uh, right? I mean, yeah, it's um, it's nice to be able to run at work, obviously. Most people don't have that opportunity, but most people don't work like four to or two to four days straight with not going home. So it's monotonous loops around a fire station holding a two pound radio and having to like not be able to like disengage because I have to like be response ready at all times. So I wouldn't say it's like the best mileage, but you know, it's still mileage and it's still an opportunity to work out. It's, I think the hardest part about being a firefighter and being a runner is not sleeping for like, or not sleeping well for several days in a row is pretty hard on the body. Um, And it's definitely hard on like recovery and mental health and things like that. So it's nice to be able to run at work, but there's a lot of costs associated with it in the long run that I think are probably not as nice. Is there a gym at the firehouse? Uh, I mean, we we have a kind of a shitty gym at all the stations. And then the union pays for us to all have a gym membership so we can go to like the local gym in our city. Um, and obviously there's like treadmills and everything there, but I don't run on a treadmill. I, it's not something I do. I mean, I have done it, but not in the last decade or so. I love that statement, though. It's not that I don't like treadmills. I don't run on a treadmill. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it's just not my thing. And I live in California, so I I can get away with it. It's It's not my thing either, but, man, when it's eight degrees out, I just, I can't do it. I I actually, this is a couple of weeks ago. It was, we had another cold spell, however cold it was. I actually got dressed, went down to the trailhead, was about to get out of the car. I just, nope, I can't, <laughs> I can't get out. I'm warm. I'm just going to go home, get on the treadmill for an hour and watch Star Wars or something. Cause yeah. Is- well, I've definitely, you know, I, I get a lot of DMs every day and I've, I've definitely been getting a lot, you know, icicles on their eyelashes and you know the whole thing like my my followers love to remind me 
how lucky I am and how, where they live is like, you know, terrible. There's some people that are like Canada right now and it's like negative 40 and they're putting like heating pads in their shoes and like all this crazy stuff. And I'm out here running shirtless. It's not the cold. Like I can handle the cold. It's the, as soon as you sweat and get wet, that misery sets in. That's, that's the killer. So yeah, I got a, got a, supposed to do a long run this weekend. Well, I can't do a long on a treadmill. I just, I'll go mall walk before I do that. I think. Right. Yeah. I'm not a, I don't sweat when it's cold. It's kind of like a weird thing. Like, uh, maybe if I was wearing a bunch of layers, I would, but normally I only sweat when it's really hot. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sweaty guy. I'm sweating. Yeah. I work with guys that literally walk up a flight of stairs and like their shirt soaked. So I get it. I mean, I'm just, everybody has different, you know, bodies and mine's one that doesn't sweat very much. Now I, I see you have quite the schedule here this, this summer for races. I don't think I've seen one. I actually, I know I have, and I'm not going to say I don't think, but one, two, three, four. So you have at least six races of a hundred miles or more. Uh, is that what you're looking at on ultra sign up? I'm just going off ultra sign up. I'm including UTMB because you mentioned. Yeah, it's, it's way worse than that though. I mean, I haven't, I haven't signed up. I mean, not, not everything is on ultra sign up, but I, I have quite a bit of races and then there's some races I just haven't signed up for quite yet, but when they become available, I will sign up for them. I mean, last year I did 15 ultras. I think I did 1100s and two 200s. Uh, I have a feeling this year will be probably similar. It looks scary. Uh, looks like about one to one a month. You you average. That's good. Are you are you going to plan on coming East Coast anytime soon? <laughs> uh, I don't have any East Coast ones planned right now. Yeah, it's just a lot of the races I just do every year because it's like convenient because they're like close to my home. I spend all my PTO. And then I even spend more like I every time I work in overtime, I can bank it as like another PTO day and I spend all that, too. So when when I look to like travel places, it's just in my mind, I'm just thinking like how many days I'm going to have to like save up in order to race something far away. And in the fire in firefighting, like. If I take a shift off, I have to take 48 hours off. So it's like, if you think, think like a normal person who works a 40 hour week, if you took a week off, you would burn like 40 hours of vacation. So it's like harder for me to, um, to like take time off if, if that makes sense. So I try to like do races that are like somewhat closer to me and easier to get to. Although this year I am branching out a little bit, doing some races in Colorado and Montana. I see the, the run rabbit run that that looks like a pretty cool, pretty cool experience to run rabbit run. I had a couple friends that went out there and did it and spoke nothing but good things uh, about the race. Um, the jackpot ultra is one. I don't know why I tune into that every year or I have maybe because it's the time of the time of year it is, but it's just kind of around a, a pond in Henderson. Nevada, yeah. Correct. Yeah, it is. is it right. Yeah. I, I remember, I don't know. Ah, someone told me to look at like look. We had a local guy maybe running in it or something. I was like, man, these people are insane! Just running around this pond for you know sixteen hours. That's is that the hardest one for you? Do you think because nah, you're not nice? that's super easy? Yeah, I mean that's my fastest time is a jackpot. My fastest hundred. Yeah, the hard ones are like the big mountain ones. Last year I did Bighorn in Wyoming, and I signed up for it again this year. It was like a hundred miles of like the thickest mud you've ever experienced in your life with 20,000 feet of vert. So you're either going uphill in mud or you're sliding down on your butt in mud. And that's, that, that was pretty hard for me. I mean, UTB is really hard with 30. Yeah. I think this year, normally it's 30, 33,000 feet of vert. And I think this year it was like 35,000 feet of vert. Cause they added those bonus miles because of the landslide. Oh yeah. There was some, there was some controversy with that. The, was the it? Yeah. They, yeah. There people didn't think that the winner got the record because of the, because they ran four extra miles. 
Because they were well, the course was changed, and so that just you know, you, you know, every time I've run that race four times, and every time I've run it, the course has been different. So, I mean, we have we have the Burning River 100 here, which if you want to talk about thick mud and bad mud, if it rains here in Ohio, it's awful. But that course changes every year, and it's yeah. I mean, exactly. If 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 you're so lucky to have a race that has stayed the same forever, then it's probably a boring race, you know, cause it's like, there's, it's too stable. Even jackpot. Like there used to be this little section that you had to run through the dirt and then they built a bridge and now you don't have to run through the dirt. The course has changed. You just adapt. I mean, who cares? San Diego, I'm running San Diego hundred this year and I'm excited cause it's a whole new course. They, they added like this whole new section to me. That's like, exciting you know because you still get to run in this beautiful area but you get to run new trails i'm doing cold water saturday and it'll be my fifth time running it and it's like a whole new course it used to be five 20 mile loops and now it's i think it's like two 12 mile loops and three 24 mile loops or something i don't know the math probably isn't right there but something like that which is cool like it's i'm going to get to experience new trails in this mountain park in arizona that i haven't run it before so i always look at it as a positive like seeing new stuff and that's the best part of trail racing is the course does change every year because nature controls the course right you know yeah there's a mudslide nature did it and that's just hey you got to run around it do something else but that's kind of why i like it and i like i said i i am the hobby jogger i have no concern over my time i'm out there for a good time I got the party pace hat on, you know, I just, you know, I, I want to have fun. So uh, people just, I think there is starting to be some people take it serious and I just can't get that serious about trivial stuff like a, a course changing because of an avalanche or a rock slide. Like, yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's just about having fun. I mean, people take it very seriously and people take it very unseriously. And I think I'm more of the uh, unserious type, but like, doesn't mean I can't push myself at times, but when you're running 15 ultras in a year, if you think that you're going to have some great time on like ultra number 10, you know, your body's going to tell you something differently. So um, yeah. Don't taper like Andrew tapers, please. Yeah. yeah. My 200 mile taper week before, uh, before cold water this weekend or like my hundred mile race taper the day before, you know, Cocodona two fifty. Cocodona was a complete shit show for me. I was completely out of my mind most of the race and like, you know, just so fatigued and exhausted and but I finished it and that was the goal. So, you know, was my time like stellar? Like, no, it was terrible. I, I never cared. Like I had so much fun the whole time. So I was like whatever i did something like super hard that most people can't do and like yeah a lot of people beat me and that's like i that's fine i don't <laughs> it's like it, it really doesn't matter you know and then i made a video about it and like you know got five million views and like cool you know and nobody was like wait you got 80th place or you know nobody cares nobody nobody cares oh, you get to suffer in beautiful places yeah, exactly and that's exactly. <laughs> that's what's fun about it 100 percent yeah, that was that was I, I have to say in in ultra running the wildest thing I I think I've seen someone I know we have a lot of like the, the Pacific Crest Trail and through through stuff but to see because it was the weather of the canyons the heat just hopping in the car going to Arizona and then knocking out two sixty or whatever through the desert I was I was rooting for you I was good good. Yeah, I was following along like every time you're little because like, you wore trackers for that one, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was tuned into the tracker. I was I was having a good time with it. I was like, this this mad lad is out here after already doing something that most people I think dropped out of the race because of the heat. He hops in his car and well, it's funny because you know Air Viper they have all like the live streaming and they have a very like uh, robust YouTube presence and you know, there's all these pros and really impressive runners in Cocodona and whatnot. And like the whole time, everyone's like, what's Andy Glaze doing? It's like Andy Glaze is in like 80th place, probably sleeping on the trail right now. Like 
wishing he was dead. And like, that's all anybody would want to like talk about. And it was, I just find it funny, you know, same as like jackpot. It was like national championships. I think I got 10th place or something like that. And uh, there's like really impressive people. Like I think somebody ran jackpot in 13 hours or, you know, the winner got like 13 hour hundred or, you know, he was right around 13, 14 hours, something like that, which is like incredible. And he's an incredible runner. And the whole time everyone's like, what's Andy Glaze doing? It's like Andy Glaze is in 10th place, just cruising. Like, don't worry about him, please. But, you know, I guess the social media presence changes that a little bit. It, hey, you have you have fans. You have you have legitimate. I, I'm, I'm an Andy Glaze fan. So, <laughs> you know, anyone hates on him, hates on me. So they can, you know, kick rocks if anyone really cares that much about it. But I, I I do, man. I I have a blast anytime I get to watch, you know, follow along with it, and because it's like, hey, there's my spirit animal out there, like party pace, happy, you know, loving life, just just getting after it, and you know, I I I truly do thank you for just what you do on, especially with the trolls. I like that swatting the trolls away. Oh yeah, I I love attacking trolls. That's my. Everyone's like, oh, you should just ignore them. You know, David Goggins is like, oh, I make a mixtape. I'm like, fuck no, I'm going to talk shit right back to them. I don't know who they think they are. Like, I'm not like some little, you know, like, I will come right at you if you come at me. I, I enjoy it. I really do. <laughs> Maybe I should ignore them, but like, I, it, they're not really upsetting me. I think it's like hilarious. And and like, I love to like, just make them look dumb. So, yeah. I, I draw entertainment off of that. So I, I thank you for the way that you handle that. Cause I think if probably if more people did handle it that way, that it would be a better result with less trolls in the world, but I guess trolls is going to troll. So. Yeah. I, I think most people aren't used to getting like, uh, they're not used to getting punched in the face. If they like, you know, Oh, I'm going to write this shitty comment. And then like they get punched in the face and they're like, Oh wait, that that's not how that was supposed to play out. They were supposed to like be upset by my comment you know, I was supposed to ruin their day. Yeah, no one's going to ruin my day, especially not on the internet. No, heck no. Some anonymous person sitting behind a keyboard. Yeah. Keyboard I, I do have one question about the Jackpot Ultra. It says the 100-mile short course. Is there a long course? Yeah, so there's um, there's two courses. Friday is the national championship. And it is a, I want to say it's like one point one two mile loop and it's just a it's like a perfect loop around the lake so you have to do like whatever it is 96 loops or something like that and then on saturday they have a long course which kind of forms like a giant c so you kind of like go out and then you kind of loop back and come back but it's a little bit different and i think that one's right around two miles so you end up doing about 50 loops I've done both of them. I kind of like the short course better because I like the Friday race. It, it's like easier for me to take like a Friday off than a weekend off. So I, I think there's a little bit more vert in the Friday race than there is the Saturday race. And then the Saturday race also is like that loop, the kind of the weird C loop is what they use for like the 48 hour race, the 24 hour race, the 12 hour race the 50 miler, whatever, you know, they have a million different like distances. That's all on Saturday. They used to have a 72 hour race, but I think they've got rid of that when Aeroviper bought that race. That's a long, long race. That's a lot of suffering. Yeah. I've, I've done 172 and it was, it was a lot. It was a two mile loop and yeah, it was, that was my first 200 miler. It was hard. That's a bridge I may never go down. I appreciate the people who do, but that's that's a little too much suffering. And I, yeah, but I, I do like the Friday races, especially yeah. the West Coast ones. Yeah, because I can watch it work. So yeah, I mean, it's you know, it works out. It's it's cool. So like, yeah, but I uh, I signed up for the short race. I, I didn't sign up for the championship, but I might switch it last year because it's run by USATF, uh, which is the track in the United States track and field or whatever, they wouldn't let us use headphones, which was terrible. I guess this year they're going to let us use headphones as long as we're not going to be in the top three. 
So I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be in the top three. And so I'm going to probably wear headphones and just, you know. If, if you're in fourth and third drops out, do you do you have to say, take him off? I don't know. It's such a dumb rule. I mean, honestly, it's just, I'm not exactly sure why they do it. Something about getting coaches notes through your headphones or something like that. And it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's not, a, yeah, it's like literally a one mile loop. So I, I just, I don't really get it. That's, that's trying too hard with rules, I think. Yeah. I mean, this is the same, the same organization that, you know, for like the world championships, they don't like, they make their athletes pay for everything. Meanwhile, you know, Nike sponsors it and they're a billion dollar corporation. But if you're just some like, like my buddy Jake's a, you know, UPS driver, Jake Jackson. And uh, he just went to the national championships in Taiwan and had to like pay his own way. Well, meanwhile, Nike make you have to wear all this Nike gear and like Nike sponsors it, but like. Oh, they make you a Nike? Yeah. Well, or, or like you have to wear something. There's, you know, some dress code or some, you know, something like that. If you, if you're on the, the United States team. So I'm not super impressed with the USATF. It, the only one who gets to tell me what to wear is my job and they pay me. So I have to. Exactly. Same, same. Otherwise, the board to wear what I want. Well, Andrew, it's been about an hour here and I, I, I certainly appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy getting dinner miles in, feeding those legs. Luckily, I'm, ta- I'm tapering this week. So, you know, I was able to like s- squeeze this in because. Uh, I only ran 10 miles today, so. Yeah, I'm seeing your tapers. Your tapers are scary, so. But I, I I wish you well in the cold water rumble. I'll be tuned in, watching your progress as you go through, uh, as always, because, like I said, you are my favorite follow of, uh, of runners. I mean, you know, met you once, super nice guy. You made a great impression. Not often I meet someone and just be like, wow, I think that guy was, you know, that was really a genuine dude. So, you know, it's, it's stuck with me, you know, for, for this long, it was, it was finally nice to, you know, have a forum to get to to talk to you and learn a little bit more about you. So I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Very good to meet you. I, I, I'm inspired. I mean, it's 1130 at night, my time and six degrees out, but I think I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> do it. Do it. Tag me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the hobby job. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation today. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your support keeps us moving forward. Until next time, keep those feet moving and enjoy the miles.